Welcome to the Mom and Pop Podcast. We are your hosts, Mark, Kat, and we're just a mom and pop trying to figure out this parenthood thing. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday night, and yeah, it's been a pretty crazy t- week and a half,、uh, to say the least. But just wanted to start off, you know, how have these past two weeks been for you? That's a. I, there's so much to say about what's happened in the past two weeks. I don't even know where I would begin. Yeah, I mean, it's been a little bit, or we've had some time to digest some of the, you know, recent things. The obviously the George Floyd murder and all the riots, Black Lives Matter stuff. But I mean, just personally, you know, how have you been able to just digest some of that and? Process some of that, and you know,、uh, I think one of the things that have come up in our daily conversations is the idea of you know shutting social media off because、mm-hmm. there's just so much going or like there's just so much to be talked about and to think about and reflect about, especially on social media. You just constantly like a constantly see a barrage of. So many, so many things that hurt. Like I don't know、yeah. how to say that in a better way, but、uh, yeah. So, anyways, this idea of shutting social media off and taking a break from it,、um, and we had like even thought about like maybe we should take days off of it. But it was really hard to ignore any of the news because you know on Sunday came around. And our neighborhood community got like looted, and all we heard all day was sirens, helicopters. helicopters.、Yeah. So I just find it so interesting that like you're so I don't know like as much as like we could have tried to shut ourselves off from social media, there was that you know background. Yeah, the neighborhood is- noise. Yeah, like you just you just can't ignore it, and then、mm-hmm. it comes, and then yeah. I'm sorry, I just have so many thoughts going、yeah. through my head. It just as we're thinking about, but I, I do want to say that shutting off social media is not the answer.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, to the real the real issues out in the world. Yeah, and I I think. We both agree that Black Lives Matter, and that's a really important concept, and something that we're really trying to digest. Yeah, every day. And you know, just as a preface to this, it's like you know, we are no by no means no you know experts in social justice issues.、Yes. You know, we know. Catherine has a little bit of education around it, which you know I was exposed to a couple years back, and it really opened my eyes to these issues going on in this world.、Um, Yeah, so you know we're not experts, but you know we're still learning. That I think the responsibility is on us to just learn and absorb and hear and listen to these stories and have empathy for the people on the margins, the people that don't have the same privileges as we might have.、Um, but yeah, to what you said about social media, you know, I struggled a little, a lot with it earlier this week, like Monday ish, maybe. It, And it's not necessarily because you were just on social media. It's because you engaged in a conversation talking、exactly. about. Yeah, so 
I had this conversation with someone about how ethical it might be to work at a company like Facebook, and you know, without going into details, it's just I got felt like attacked and felt like judged, and I was like, wow, like it's really bothering me. It had it was on my mind for you know a day and a half, just like, and I realized, you know, this is a outcome of me you know engaging which is not always not a bad thing but it's like i think i was inundated with content inundated with all these people telling me or you know just you know of course crying out for the pain and yeah i'm trying to listen to all these things but i think there are healthy ways to manage it i'm not advocating in any sense to turn it off and not listen at all like that is not what I'm saying. But anyway, it's just like, you know, like manage how much you're consuming. We don't have to know every single opin- person's opinion on what they feel is right or unjust, all these things. You know, like one thing I realized is people love to hate on things. And this is our podcast is not going to be about that. You know, we're not going to point out what some stupid thing an idiot said or stupid person did earlier this week took a Instagram shot, whatever, like, you know, we're not trying to do that. And I noticed that that's like a lot of what's going on in social media, unfortunately. But, but I think there's a huge yeah. difference between someone who is a, an actual, has, has some weight in being like an actual activist. Yeah. Okay. Someone that we really do need to listen to who's been educated on the topics have skin yeah. and maybe person of color versus yeah. internet trolls yeah. engaging in with strangers that you don't know who don't have any credentials in yeah. in social activism and so i think when we talk about shutting social media off i don't think it means shutting social media off i think it means it's managing the managing consumption your consumption yeah. but but also engaging in absorbing absorbing the voices that do matter the voices that do have like you know weight behind them mm-hmm. yeah i i just want to make that clear because i because i i'm sorry if i'm laughing it's because marcus i just burped and burped. it smells yeah. sorry keep going darn it it was such a serious no, line just, of thought right here just keep going show must go on but I uh, yeah I think and we've been going back and forth on this because Mark gets like bothered not bothered but I think he gets concerned by how much social media I'm consuming every day because I'm like <laughs> constantly getting into conversations with people online that don't even matter in the grand scheme of things but I think it is really important that there are, there are true you know leaders in social justice yes. thought mm-hmm. that you should not turn off yeah um, but yeah, be wary of the conversations that you're having with yeah. random strangers who don't matter. And I do have uh, an old coworker who just happens to be an Instagram influencer and she comes from a privileged background and so she's having a hard time and I can only imagine. But I don't want to go too much into that story over there. But yeah, yeah it's it's just a lot of like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. And all of this. But what does this have to do with parenting? Exactly. Uh, let's bring it back. Yeah. I mean, this is a ni- nice segue into 
what I wanted to get to was, you know, how have these like recent events or have these recent events changed your views on parenting at all? Like, do you want to emphasize some things or de-emphasize some things to our kids? Like, this is something I did think about this week a little bit and wanted to hear, you know, your thoughts around, you know, how this, all these recent events and just socioeconomic, socio-political climate of the, the United States, you know, like how does that shape how you want to parent Valerie or, and if, and maybe we have more kids. So I'm going to bring this back to my childhood. Uh, mm-hmm. Young Chang. Young Chang, Duck Chang, my parents, they were uh, working class people. They worked all day, all night. Because my my dad would work his liquor store job from mm. like six a.m. to twelve a.m. every single day, while my mom worked the the graveyard shift at U- USPS. So I was pretty much home alone and left to my own devices every single day. And I remember just my childhood being TV mm. and watching a whole bunch of news and lots of reality TV shows with a lot of junk. <laughs> Um, so I am no stranger to kind of not being all that sheltered Mm -hmm. growing up. Okay. So to be honest with you, I don't know where I should draw the line on, you know, what things are appropriate for. Valerie to be exposed to. Or you're talking about like social media or yeah, like, like in general, like in general. Uh-huh. like ideally, I'd like to be very real with her about racism, mm. the ugliness of society, and that they're real problems. Mm-hmm. And and for me, it's like at whatever age she starts asking about it is probably the appropriate age, right? Mm-hmm. So. I'm a brand new mother, so I don't know when those questions yeah. start coming. But Still when they do, I'd out. like to give her like as real of a answer as possible in the most appropriate manner mm. as well, too. I'm not going to... Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, like, what about me, you? You know, I tried to learn and read some of the things people were writing and talking about and you know I'm sure a lot of you guys have read the Obama medium post and you know after reading it he just kind of labeled lists out a couple simple things that we could take away and I thought that was something that I did want to apply to my life and also pass that down to our kids and you know I I, you know some one of the things was um, you know just voting being educated voter you know, I've tried, I was really bad, you know, in college and even like right after college, I didn't really care about politics at all. And, but, you know, more late, more recently, I started to care and actually research and tried to vote uh, like for the, you know, nation, California type things like propositions and presidential election, what have you. But I didn't really care about the local elections because I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't have the time to research. There's just all these names that mean nothing to me but you know what Obama said President Obama was like these are the people that actually enact most of the policies that affect 
people of color or people on the margins and even us like they're the ones coming up with like local city policies and like mm-hmm. police you know how the police deal with things and whatever um but yeah so i'm resolving to be more educated about those things and vote and try to do that and that's something that i want to but how old well i don't know like, uh, how we'll old see. would you know valerie be when you start talking about stuff like that yeah and I'm not by no means in some or activist really. or I'm not going to like raise her in that way if I don't, it's not genuine, right? But, you know, I want to, once she's old enough, maybe when she's like 18 and she can vote, you know, it's like, hey, Valerie, hopefully up to now you understand that this world is like this. Some people have less, some people have more. We're trying to help the people with less, you know? and make it more fair and equitable for everyone and you have a power to to help make that change by voting so maybe just try to teach her gently about some of these things you know so that's something that i kind of thought about this week like obviously we'll see when the day comes but that was something that popped in my mind and i'm like yeah that's a good you know easy way to kind of be a change you know I feel like voting is one of the more innocuous mm. conversations to have with your children. Yeah. And I think what people are probably wondering more about is when do you start getting real about the injustices in society? And I remember listening to this podcast way back when I was um, going through my education program they assigned us this podcast where um, mm. where a a black man talks about how he you know taught his daughter really early on from when she could start talking i think mm. um, about racism and and about you know the history of you know slavery that you know, way back when, you know, when slaves before before slaves came to America, they were kings and queens in Africa, right? And mm-hmm. I think that that podcast really shaped, you know, the way that I view how we should, you know, teach injustice to our, our children. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like totally butchering the podcast, but it was so good and it was so mind boggling. It really opened up my eyes because. Um, I think from what I remember, she ends up, uh, his daughter ends up growing up and she gives this amazing speech, you know, when she's like a young teenager Mm. to a group of, you know, a bunch of privileged folks and specifically a white woman, um, comes up to her at the end of the speech and says, you are so eloquent. (laughs) And she's like, oh no. Don't even start with me talking eloquently. You mm. mean that I'm able to speak, I'm able to code switch and talk like you? Is that what you mean by eloquence, mm. right? And so that that just really struck a chord with me about um you know how she was raised and and then I was and and even listening her to her on the podcast from what I remember, I remember her being interviewed as well and it I was just so impressed and I and I I know she was exposed to the 
you know, injustice early on. And it would, and I just think as a parent, I have some kind of responsibility to make sure that, you know, my children are very aware of yeah. their own identities and who they are in the society and what their positions are in society. And, um, yeah, I think a lot of people would listen to that podcast and be very, feel very like, well, what am I listening to? But I kid you not, I was just like, whoa, this yeah. is so impactful. And I'm so sorry. I just don't remember what it was called. When, maybe one of these days. We could I'll, I'll find try Googling it, it and we can put it in the show notes later. If maybe it's, so It is can. one of the best mm-hmm. segments I've ever heard. And yeah. it 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 is what really changed my view of Black Lives Matter. Mm. It, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think what you said was, um, you know, really, I uh, agree with that completely. Like, starting that conversation early, you know, kids can realize that there are people that look different from them and their parents are different. We're all kind of different and, you know, trying to explain to her and, you know, whoever, like, just, you are Asian American in America. You know, you have some things and some other things aren't, you don't have, you know, like, it's just, that's the way it is. And, but we, you know, we try to do our best with what we got. And at the same time, you know, to those who have less, we try to help. Um, And man, I wish I read this now, but shout out to Subin. I I think she's been sharing a lot of um, articles about, child development I think she's like studying it at school but she had this article she posted on Facebook it said your kids aren't too young to talk about race a resource and I was like wow I should read that and I never did but I'm gonna go read it after this because I was like this is directly applicable to our situation right now because it's like pretty soon we will be needing you will we'll be having that opportunity to sh- teach her you know some of these race race issues and social issues so yeah that's something you know thanks for reminding me it's like not we're not waiting until she's 18 but we're gonna do our best yeah i mean i the other thought that's been going through my mind is the idea of victimization when you're having conversations or dialogues about race too i think a lot of times when um when black folk are just being very honest Mm. And their dialogue, and there is that um, when we're talking about white privilege, and, and you know, someone who's Caucasian takes it, you know, takes these real conversations offensively. They kind of turn around the conversation, mm. you know. On, I'm going to say black folk because of the the situation right now, but like, I mean, to any minority, sometimes you get into a situation where you talk about racism and white privilege and and a Caucasian person might turn it around on you and be like, I've never been like that. Mm. Like, I couldn't have known. Like, I didn't live in the colonial times. Why is this my problem? Mm-hmm. I've never done racist things in my life and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, there's a lot, a whole lot of victimization and, and even difficult topics like that, I mean, I I hope that one day we can get to a point where we can sit down with Valerie and, and have an honest conversation and 
And I think as Asian people, we we tend to like shy away from. I think when people put burden on you like that, when they turn the the situation on you. Mm-hmm. Because we're so like we don't want to cause any problems. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of we don't we kind of it. accept the bird. We accept the victimization, right? Mm-hmm. If someone were to turn this whole racism conversation on me, then I would immediately take the burden of it and say, "Sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, it's my fault. Maybe I shouldn't have talked about racism. I'm sorry that I offended you." Mm. Versus you feeling offended by me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if this is making uh, sense, but I, I hope it does for those of you who can relate. But I hope that... Because that, we were raised in families where we mm-hmm. always had to say sorry to our parents. Yeah. You know, our parents never apologized to us. It was we always had to apologize to them. Yeah. And I feel like our parents, like, especially with you know, more aggressive Asian moms. Mm -hmm. They'll kind of get really mad at you and make everything your fault and you have to take all the blame and apologize for all of that. Yeah. I hope that we can raise Valerie to have more confidence in in not having to apologize for everything. Yeah. Like speak up when she needs to speak up. Like let her voice be heard. Like it's, yeah, totally agree you know, hopefully we can set the example of being able to help people that need the help or give voices to the people that are voiceless. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going out there protesting and stuff, but, you know, we want to do our part. We want to at least educate ourselves and build relationships. I think one thing that I did, I'm still sad about is that she was kind of plucked out of her daycare environment because her daycare environment was like very diverse. Mm. She had white teachers, black teachers, Latino teachers. And it was like... Latinx. Latinx, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Latinx teachers. um, And, you know, just being around all of them, you know, I think served her well, you know. Like she's not going to just have random stranger danger to people that don't look like her. Right. You know, and she only got to experience that for like two months. And yeah, it's kind of sad that she can't experience it right now because of the COVID-19 stuff. But that is something that, you know, obviously we want to look for in the future. We're not going to just send her to the Korean daycare, probably. We would just, hopefully we can find one that we like that's diverse and have, you know, just different types of people, you know, like. Right. That's why we've loved you know, living in LA, mm-hmm. it's just such a, such a melting pot, yeah. seriously, of a lot of cultures versus, you know, where I, I'm really from. I'm uh-huh. from some nice Irvine. little, yeah, quiet suburb. Irvine. Not very diverse, for sure. But um, that is something that we've been like talking about too. Like where do we, when when Valerie gets to an age where she's really comprehending things you know where do we want to raise her do we want do we want to raise her somewhere where that we feel a bit more safe in a bubble or or um you know do we want to venture out Mm. 
Yeah, that's an important question. Something we have to... We don't know yet. We don't know the answer to that yet, but... And I got yeah. especially challenged during my education program because I was in an environment with people who were, you know, raised in more urban areas with a lot more diversity and a lot more... who've, who've faced a lot more social injustices. So I could not have met them if I were stuck in Irvine. Mm. And I think that's something that I really think about when I think about where I want to raise Valerie. So we'll yeah. see. It's early. I mean, yeah, as in I mean, she's still really young, so we don't know. But never too young to talk about these things. You know, obviously it's something that we want to be cognizant and thoughtful about and yeah, just share with you guys, our listeners about what we're going through, you know? Um, Cause it's been a lot, you know, like I've really on Saturday and Sunday, it just hit me so hard. And I was chatting with some friends and we we're like, man, this country is, it's hard. It's something terrible is going on. Like part of us just wishes we were somewhere else, you know, cause mm-hmm. can't leave the house cause they're on a curfew. Cause there's these riots going on because, there's so much injustice, you know, and we wouldn't see these this extreme of a response, you know, in like another country that's more homogenous. But, you know, that's what makes America so great is the diversity, people coming, you know, from different backgrounds and being able to experience different cultures and values and stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it was it was a crazy hard weekend, and obviously for someone like me, like not that hard really. But you know, just to be experiencing it through the TV and my phone, it was like wow, lots going on here. Um, Meanwhile, while we're trying to digest all that information, we're like trying to do daily baby stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it was just a hard week. Yeah, cool. So. Kind of to wrap up our podcast, um, share one thing our parents used to do that you know we want to pass down to Valerie. Um, and my topic or my story this week is like family trips. Um, I do remember like going on a lot of family trips when I'm when we were younger, like when I was in elementary. Uh, we went to like Banff, Canada. Got to see like lakes and walk on glaciers. And that was like really fun trip for me. And, you know, we had trips to like New York, Chicago, visit cousins. So something that I really treasure and remember, um, my mom was very encouraging in terms of yeah, traveling and stuff and wanting to do that. So, yeah, get, being able to see different cities, see different countries was something that I really treasured. That's something I definitely want to do with our family mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, so that's my things my parents used to do. Um, along the same line, I I used to go to Korea with my mom pretty, not frequently, but like every couple of years. And it'd always be amazing to see how Korea changed every time I went. But um, I obviously don't have as good of a command of the Korean language as my mom does but if possible it would be nice to um, be able to travel to Korea every few years to kind of yeah um, 
show Valerie where her roots are. Yeah. That is uh, definitely something we could even talk more about, like mm-hmm. thinking about our history as a, you know, our family's histories and Korean culture and stuff like that. Yeah, like I think growing up, I didn't really understand my identity as a Korean American, and I've never felt really completely confident in who I was, and I was always feeling kind of insecure, like. Oh, I, I kind of wish I had blonde hair. I know it's so mm-hmm. overplayed and people talking about growing up with blonde hair and blue eyes, but it's like so true. I can remember the days that I would just wish, you know, I was pretty in that way. But mm-hmm. Then I remember finally going to Korea and like just being so in love with, you know, everything about Korea and being feeling truly proud mm-hmm. of the way that I looked know who I was where I came from um I mean it's not even that my family was well off to like my extended family members my grandma lived in this in the middle of like a developing city so she lived on like the country looking side of the city and I just like I fell in love and I felt like this is where I belonged and this is my true identity and Mm. I hope that like obviously Valerie is going to be way more Americanized than I am, even more than I am. And she probably won't struggle with it as much since there's a lot more Korean Americans, but um, it would be nice for her to kind of feel proud about being Korean if we ever were to take her there on trips. But yeah. Yeah, definitely have her head up the Hangarakyo, the Korean schools, mm-hmm. even though she probably won't remember anything, but. That's okay. Because that was <laughs> my, my experience. <laughs> I remember like in Korean schools, my teacher would make us learn Chinese because, you know, there's a lot of um, Korean vocabulary that's derived from Chinese language. And I was like sitting there, I'm like 11 years old or 12 years old. I'm like, Sunseng Nim, teacher, I barely know Korean. Why are you teaching me Chinese? <laughs> But yeah, I was not a good student. That's for sure. Uh, Anyway, cool. Thank you so much for listening to our episode this week. Um, We do have a little bit of personal news. We will be moving from our West LA home. And if you want to know more about that, just ask us. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that's uh, something coming up in the next month. So that's exciting. Um, Anyway, thanks for listening this week. Um, Bye. Bye.